sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Lord, I just pray that you would anoint this word to our ears and to our hearts today. Lord, let us hear what you have to say to us, and let us help, uh, let us align our lives, Lord God, to delighting in your word more than anything else. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God bless you. You can be seated. Hey, I want to uh, want to give a shout out to the Freemans that are here with us from Transforming Life Church today, and uh, they're here with us on their way to their church to uh, have service. So I said, just come on in and receive, guys. These are dear friends and uh, dear co-laborers in the kingdom. And uh, if you haven't seen where Transforming Life Church is, it's out uh, by Peace Frogs and Seven uh, Eleven in the same building there on Crab Ticket. Is it Crab Ticket? Is it? Did I get it right? Okay. Um, I know where it is in my mind, but the, the names don't always. So um, so today I want to talk to you from Psalm 1. It just seemed like a fitting place to start. Um, but also because, uh, you know, there are, there are some elements here that the, that the writer of the Psalms wanted us to get a hold of that, that apply in our lives wherever we find ourselves, right? Um, and so how many of you like that first word, Blessed. How many of you like that word and, and just the connotation, blessed? Can I tell you, I would rather be blessed than smart. I would rather be blessed than rich. I would be rather blessed uh, than good looking. Say, praise God, Pastor Ken, you're blessed. Just leave it there. And, uh, <clears throat> but, <clears throat> you know, um, blessed means there's this, there's this favor, there's, there's this happiness that, that flows over into your life. And, and that word blessed is also the word uh, that, that if you were to follow the, the train all the way into the New Testament, the one goes from Hebrew into Greek. The one that's translated, the Hebrew word that's translated most uh, into the Greek is the same word that Jesus uses in the Beatitudes. Blessed are you. Uh, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed uh, are the peacemakers. Blessed are. And so Jesus is kind of continuing on this tradition with the concept of this word. So uh, to find the blessed state of being, we have to choose the right pathway. How many of you realize that uh, you, uh, before you met the Lord, you were on the wrong pathway? But how many of you realize that you were pursuing the wrong things and you were doing the wrong things and you were doing the wrong things with the wrong people and you found yourself somewhere where you didn't really think you would ever be and then in that moment of time, hopefully you cried out to the Lord. Some of you, For some of us, it was just one time. For some of us, we had to have repeated exposures uh, to the lower places of life. Friends in low places suddenly found out we, they really weren't our friends, right? We, we found out we were on the wrong pathway. The principle of what the psalmist is saying in Psalm 1 is you're blessed if you walk in the counsel of the Lord. Uh, he, notice what he says here. It, it starts out in the negative. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. You and I are going to live under some counsel. 
You're going to live under, when, when our kids are coming up, they're getting the counsel of their parents. They're getting the counsel of their parents, hopefully, that our, their parents uh, learn to take in the word of God and mix their words with the words so that when the kids hear our words, they're hearing the Lord's words. That's the plan, right? Um, the best, uh, uh, the best uh, book of instruction for kids is the Bible. Uh, the best place to have them is in a Bible-believing church. The best uh, helper, the best counselor for every child is the person of the Holy Spirit. So we need to introduce them to him as early as possible so they can learn to hear his voice, right? And, and so uh, we're going to live according to some kind of counsel. So the psalmist says, uh, blessed is man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Um, so many times the, the, the challenge happens in our lives when we hear competing voices, you know, one says this and another says that. You find this every time you sit down and read an Amazon review, right? You're looking at something that you want to buy and you look at an Amazon review. Now they've gotten, uh, they've gotten smart and they say, okay, this is, this is the one that's five stars and this is the one that's one star. And then you read those and then you read down. So what are you doing? You're gathering counsel. Before I make this purchase, before I spend my hard-earned money, I'm going to gather some counsel. Uh, I've got to make a decision about how I'm going to spend my money. Is this thing going to help me? Is this going to hurt me? Is this going to, you know, but you're only, can I tell you that you're only getting what, the, what Amazon wants you to see? You're only really getting what they want you to hear? Do you, do you know that algorithms on the internet are designed to tell you what you want to hear? You ever go down in your, in your history and you find out, oh, more things you might like. Oh, more things you might like. You know what you're hearing? You're hearing the voice of the capitalist. You have become a dollar sign. You are the commodity. They're selling your eyeballs on the open market. Why, why are they doing that? They want you to realize, they want you to think, you are the center of the universe. You can have anything you want. You can get it immediately, if not sooner. Alexa's listening in. She's listening to your conversations in your house. You're going to talk about it in your living room and walk to the, walk to the study, and it'll pull up on your computer. How did that happen? What a world we live in. You think it doesn't? It does. So here's the reality that you and I need to realize. You and I have to choose what counsel we're going to walk in. And the word tells us that you're happiest if you're not getting the counsel of the wicked. You're happiest if you will learn to separate yourself out. Now, this can be a challenge, but can I tell you, there are times we have to, do, we have to be techno. Techno is a good way to learn to separate yourself. When we stay plugged into whatever news source, whether it's Fox News or CNN, I'm not here to pick, uh, pick a political fight. Um, what, whatever news source, can I tell you, they're all getting advertiser dollars. Somebody is paying them to say what they're saying. They're all selling your eyeballs with advertising dollars. They're all getting information, and, and their whole purpose is we want to move people. We want to get more people to our cause. Would to God that we would realize that wisdom comes from above. 
that wisdom comes from God, that wisdom comes from the one who sees everything, the end from the beginning. He sees what's good for us, not just for now, but for the future. Wisdom, the scripture says, sees the latter end, right? Wisdom, so you, you and I can choose our counsel from the wicked or we can choose to walk in wisdom. Now, uh, the, the word says that wisdom has a multitude of, uh, the, in the counsel of the multitude, there's wisdom. Why is that? You know, if I'm a if I'm a 14 year old, and I'm not, thank the Lord. Any 14 year olds in here? Do I have some down here? Anybody? Nobody's putting up their hand. They're afraid to. I'm not going to pick you. Don't worry. But if I was a 14 year old, I would only have the understanding of a 14 year old, right? Which is somewhat limited, right? When I was 17, I knew everything, <laughs> right? When I was 17, I knew everything. And, uh, and, and so, you know, we laugh about that. Those of us that are older, those, you know, the 17-year-olds in the room said, yeah, well, that's true, you know. And, uh, and, 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 you know, but perspective, right? Perspective. When you go through some stuff, I only know what, what it takes to know what, what I need to know up to 17, but I don't know what an 18-year-old knows. I don't know what a 19-year-old knows. I haven't lived those two years yet, you know. And, and so I only have the perspective of, of myself. I don't have the perspective of others, right? And, and so that perspective is somewhat limited. And so what we have to learn to do is kind of separate ourselves. Now, right now in our world, politics is front and center. Politics, the, the voice of the politician, the voice of the, of the politician is the one that's louder than any other voice. And they say, what we say matters. Now, you have heard me uh, preach against uh, talking preachers talking about politics and all of that kind of stuff um, for quite some time. And I'm not going to change from that today. But what I want to do uh, in, in just a minute, for just a second here, uh, bear with me. Um, those of you that uh, have walked with me for a long time, you're going to see me do something that's a little out of character. But I'm still me, and I'm not changing things. But I want to read you something that, that, that is not from a political perspective. But it's, it's to kind of draw a line in the sand so that you understand that there are other perspectives other than a political one. So I'm going to read to you a bit of an article that's done by a psychiatrist. And, uh, and this, this is uh, psychiatrist Jeffrey Satinover who has argued that one way to determine the moral desirability of homosexuality is to examine the medical facts. What, he asked, should society think if a relative, friend, or colleague had a condition that is routinely, if not always, associated with the following problems? A significantly decreased likelihood of establishing or preserving a successful marriage. A five to ten year decrease in life expectancy. Chronic, potentially fatal liver disease, hepatitis. Inevitably fatal esophageal cancer, pneumonia, internal bleeding, serious mental disabilities, many of which are irreversible. A much higher uh, than usual incidence of suicide. A very low likelihood that its adverse effects can be eliminated unless the condition itself is eliminated. And only 30% likelihood of being eliminated through lengthy, often costly, and very time-consuming treatment in an otherwise unselected population of sufferers, though a very high success rate among highly motivated 
carefully selected sufferers. Satinover adds, we can add four qualifications to this unnamed condition. First, even though its origins are influenced by genetics, the condition is, strictly speaking, rooted in behavior. Second, individuals who have this condition continue the behavior in spite of destructive consequences of doing so. Third, many with this condition deny they have any problem at all and violently resist all attempts, all attempts to help them. And fourth, these people who resist off, uh, help tend to socialize with one another, sometimes exclusively, and form a kind of subculture. Obviously, Satinover says, society should consider the, con the condition worth treating and worth persuading other members of society to avoid the behavior. So, uh, 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 lost my place. To, to avoid the behavior that brings on these terrible medical risks. Then Satinover lets his reader in on a secret. The condition he was alluding to was not homosexuality, but alcoholism. The medical downside of homosexuality is worse. A significantly decreased likelihood of establishing or preserving a successful marriage. A 25 to 30 year decrease in life expectancy. Chronic, potentially fatal liver disease, infectious hepatitis, which increases the risk of liver cancer. Inevitably, uh, fatal immune disease, uh, including associated cancers, Fre frequently fatal rectal cancer, multiple bowel and other infectious diseases, a much higher than usual incidence of suicide, a very low likelihood that its adverse effects can be eliminated unless the condition itself is, and at least a 50% likelihood of being eliminated through lengthy, often costly, and very time-consuming treatment. The additional qualifications for alcoholism also hold true for homosexuality. A behavior with a partial and indirect genetic component, participation in the behavior despite its destructive effects, and participants' rigorous denial that there is a problem, and the formation of a subculture. Yet, despite the parallels between the two conditions, what is striking today are the sharply different, different responses to them. Are you tracking with me? You don't get wisdom if you only listen to the political side. God sees the politics. God sees the medical. God sees the mental. God sees the end from the beginning. God sees all, all the aspects of wisdom and says, choose wisdom. Don't walk according to the counsel of the wicked. Just because one person says it's right doesn't mean it's right. Just because the United States government says it's right doesn't mean it's right. Just because it's okay and, and accepted in this culture doesn't mean it's all right. Our culture is on fire. It's, it has no future. It's being burned up before our eyes. And I, I want to tell you, this is out of character for me because I tend to be a bit of a soft-spoken preacher. But there was an image the other day. And the image the other day got a hold of me as I was standing there with Tom Harrison telling me the story about how that Mark Seal burst through his living room door while he was sitting in the comfort of his easy chair and screamed, get out of your house now, your house is on fire. 
There's a time for subtlety. Are you with me? There's a time to be relaxed and have conversation and let's get to the logic and let's get to the rationality. But then there's a time to say, get out of the house. It's on fire. And some of us have listened too long to the counsel of our world. Some of us have listened too long to one side of the story and we didn't see the end. We didn't see what was coming. We didn't see past lunch. We didn't see past this one year. Oh, it seems good for now and it ought to be all right God sees it all so when we listen to the voice of the Lord when we learn to delight in the law of love which flows from the character of a good God the world looks at you and says you Christians are pitiful you are so bound up we have the freedom And they don't realize that they're bound to that drug. They're bound to that bottle. They're bound to that lifestyle. They're bound to that corroded way of thinking. And Psalm 1 tells us that we are blessed, we are happy if we don't stand, right? If we don't walk according to the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, we'll be happier. We'll be blessed. Get a hold of that today, church. Get a hold of the fact that it's okay that you can be ignorant about some things that are in our culture. When, when, we're, when we're young, we want to know it all. We want to know that band. We want to know all the members of that band. We want all this kind of stuff. Why? Because, uh, you know, in our culture, that's the frequency of our culture. It, uh, the frequency of our culture comes out in the styles, comes out in the language in the songs, comes out in the image. And, and we want to be aware of all those things. Can I tell you? That in the midst of the awareness, what, what virtue is there in a, in a musician standing up there and then telling you homosexuality is okay? You know, I, I can resonate, I, I can like that song, I can like the tune, I can like the sound of it. But then in the midst of a concert, interrupt it and, and preach their political ideology. You know what they're doing? They're just resonating with the culture. They're just doing what the culture likes. Why? Because you're paying them. You're paying them. Commodity is the eyes. Commodity is the years. Commodity is the downloads. Are you with me? We're paying them to say what they're saying. And so you and I have to realize that we have to separate ourselves from the counsel of the culture. And I, I tell you, I list some ways in there to do that. But let's, let's uh, go on to the antidote. We, we continually saturate ourselves with the Father's nature, which is his law of love. His delight, your delight has got to be in the law of the Lord. Now, this is made increasingly difficult because we are so inundated with, you know, how much time are your eyes on a screen? How much time are your kids' eyes on YouTube? How much time are your kids' eyes on, uh, on, on what the culture is preaching to them? What's communicating? The, the songs are plugged in all the time, you know? I'm, I'm not anti this. Don't get legalism out of this, okay? Don't get that. But, if, but if, if, if I were in here preaching the gospel of nutrition, then I would, uh, then I would preach against Twinkies, right? What are Twinkies? Nobody even knows that, right? Um, I, w- I, would preach against, uh, I, I would preach against junk food. I would preach against all of those things. And I would, I would tell you, you know, if you're, if, if you're not, you know, doing fruit smoothies every day, if you're not doing, if you're not taking your multivitamin, whatever, 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 you know. 
I'm not here to be legalistic. What I am saying is that there are portals into our kids' thinking, into our thinking, um, that if we don't learn uh, to, how to bring a separation, just the mere uh, saturation of our culture because we spend so much time. Some people never unplug from Fox News. Pretty soon you can't think for yourself. Some people never unplug from, uh, you know, from this music or that music or that form of entertainment. And, and over time, you can't separate out what is the counsel of the wicked because you're just singing their tune all the time. So as the body of believers, we've got to ask ourselves, okay, what does this mean for me? How do I do this? And so, you know, start with, start with just how much time is spent doing that versus how much time you're actually gaining the counsel of the word. Do an objective standard. You watch a two-hour movie, have you spent two hours in the Word? You watch a, you watch a half-an-hour sitcom, have you worshipped for half an hour? If you were to just do a one-on-one -on -one comparison, can I tell you that the Word would come out way lower than all the rest of the time that we spend in entertainment? I was talking to a couple the other day, and we were, you know, this is a, this is a constant challenge for parents today. Um, I, I, I'm, I got past it, I think, in a lot of ways because, you know, uh, small screens weren't available when my kids were coming up. And, and so, you know, but the kids today are digital natives. That's the world they live in. You know, that's from the time they were like three, they're pushing the buttons and playing and whatever. But I was talking to these parents and I said, you know, here's, here's what happens. Um, and this is easy to remember. We can, we can entertain, we can educate, and we can edify, Right. Um, entertainment, you're going to want to do as much of that as, uh, as you can allow. And whatever you did yesterday, you're going to go back and do today. Entertainment. It's just, what's entertainment? It's whiling away the hours, whiling away the day, just being entertained, being amused by whatever our world throws our way. And our brain has this constant need for that to be fed for entertainment. Oh, I'm bored. I hope you outlaw that word in your family. I hope, I hope uh, as soon as you hear the B word that uh, a shovel gets handed or, uh, or a, a, a wiping rag or something, you know, as soon as boredom comes out, man, mom and dad, woo, that, that, that's just a little brain crying out for occupation. Give it something to be occupied with. I give you permission. They'll all hate me instead of you. No, they won't, but that's okay. You can say, Pastor Ken said, that's all right. Then there's education. Do you know that the more, the more you learn, the more you earn? Do you know that learning has way more to do with your ability uh, to just sit down and teach yourself knowledge, how to, how to research, how to understand things, how to see how the world fits, how to see God put his world together? The world was created with wisdom. It has very little to do with letters next to a person's name. It has everything to do with can I learn from my surroundings. I was reading this morning in Proverbs uh, how wisdom cries aloud, but nobody's listening. You know, our world's not listening. Why? They're busy entertaining themselves. We've become the United States of entertainment. But education is what our kids need and edification, right? What does it mean to edify? To build up the spirit. Education builds up the mind. Edification builds up the spirit. How much is too much? There's never too much. How much education? Never let education get above edification. If education gets above edification, what ends up happening is the mind becomes the God. 
You can think everything, you can, and you become the center of your own universe. But when, when we're edified, you know, that's why the word says knowledge puffs up, but love builds up, right? So we, we've got we've to be people that keep that balance, but we've swung way over to the side of entertainment, right? And so we've got we've to recognize that entertainment is the language of this culture, and, you know, you go on a, hi- a hiatus, you know, there, there was a season in our lives where, uh, you know, we, we used to watch television that had commercials. And then we went away from television with commercials, you know. I never got a TiVo, but, you know, you, you hated those commercials, right? Um, so we, we actually, uh, in our house, and we're toning down on, on Netflix now, but we only, have a, we only have data. We don't have real-time television. But what's shocking is that when you'll, you go away from television, even for a year, live television, and then you sit down and watch some live TV, if we're at, uh, at a motel or something, and Holly and I will sit there and we'll turn something on, how bad things got just in a year. Now, you didn't feel it when you were watching it every day because it just kind of wore you down, wore you down, wore you down. But if you don't get away from it for a year and then you show back up and you watch, what? They can do that on a commercial? What? What's that? You know? And... Uh, and so that's a pervasive thing. We used to, uh, you know, I, I used to toy with my kids. We'd sit there and watch a commercial, and I'd say, now, what's the lie they just told? What lie did they just tell you? Because there's one there. I can spot it. Can you spot it? Can you spot the lie? Can you spot what your culture is selling you that's not the real deal? Whether it's a buy now, buy now, pay later. Whether it's a, it's everybody sitting around, you know, uh, uh, drink, drinking their brewski, and uh, and and they don't show you the rest of the story. They don't show you the arguments that broke out because somebody got drunk. They don't show you somebody puking their guts out around the backside of the pickup truck. They don't. They don't show you the years of alcoholism that tore the family apart. They don't show you that. Right? Here's the here's reality that I want you to get, and then we're going to go on to this last one. You'll understand where I'm coming from with this. You can choose the, the, the step that you take. You can choose the pathway that you get on. But once you get on that pathway, you cannot choose the results. You cannot choose the outcome. You cannot choose. Well, I can choose to take that first drink or that first hit or that first whatever, but I can't choose what happens once I introduce that into my system. I can, I can choose to make this choice, but the results for what takes place after that are beyond my control. People say, Pastor Ken, you know, you're, you're talking kind of hard on drinking today. Can I tell you that I had a grandfather on my dad's side that was an alcoholic that died before my dad was 17 and he beat my grandmother? Do I know? Do I know that if I sat down and drank a couple beers that I would be addicted to alcohol? I don't know. But we are of the same DNA. And can I tell you, I've had a lot of good life in the past. Oh, my goodness, when was the last time I had a beer? I think I was 18. And, uh, and it's been, a, it, you know, I've had a lot of good life, and I haven't missed anything. You know, uh, when was the last time you heard about a party that a bunch of people were drunk, and they said, get the sober guy out of here. He's causing trouble. Does that happen? No. Oh, that sober guy. Yeah, yeah he's, he, that sober guy's doing stuff that's just, he's out of control. No. Why? So for Ken Kramer, yeah, are you hearing me? For Ken Kramer, this, don't get legalistic about this. I want you to process this with the help of the Holy Spirit in your own heart. Pastor Ken said don't drink a beer. I said for Ken Kramer, it's off limits. For Ken Kramer. And I have reasons. 
and, and the, the, the multiplicity of reasons have more to do, not just the word of God, but Ken Kramer's family history. Are, are you tracking with me? Some things are sin for me that are not sin for you. And if you want to follow the crowd, you're never going to really walk in freedom until you get with the help of the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, you tell me what's sin. I don't want to listen to the crowd. If the crowd says it's okay, it may not be okay. You, if you're getting a check in your spirit because the Holy Spirit says don't do that, don't go there, don't say that, stop with that attitude, you know what you got to do? you got to learn to delight yourself in the Lord. you got to learn to meditate on the Word because when you meditate on the Word, then He is putting the stuff on the inside of you that the Holy Spirit can do to check you and, and to keep you free. Why does He check you? Because He wants you on a pathway of significance. He wants you on a pathway that lasts and lasts. God sees a sustainable lifestyle for you. That's, that's the picture that we get there um, when, when we see that text. It says, it says, he is planted, he is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Sin is always pleasurable for a season. And sometimes all we can see is that season, but we don't see the other side. What I read to you the, uh, a little while ago was the other side, right? And so what you and I need to realize is that God sees, God sees the, the end. He sees the latter end, and he says, this is what I want for my kid. I want my kid to follow on this pathway so they can live a life of significance, so that their life will be a life of substance. Their life won't get, they won't get blown away by what happens in the culture. They won't get blown away by the, uh, you know, the, the winds of adversity that happen in life. They will stand. Notice, notice here that uh, it says, uh, not so, verse 4, not so the wicked, they are like chaff, that the wind blows away. I'm going to say it like this. Worldly living makes you a lightweight. Worldly living makes you a lightweight. You will not last. Something's going to take you out. It's going to be a storm. Jesus uses this picture in Matthew chapter 7, uh, where the man who builds on the rock versus the man who builds on the sand. You know the story. And, and so uh, worldly living makes you a lightweight. If you don't walk according to wisdom, then there's a crack in your foundation. If you don't delight yourself in the Lord, if you don't meditate on it day and night, like put it in and put it in and put it in and get counsel from God and get counsel from God, let me tell you, you're, you're, you're shortchanging yourself somewhere. It may not catch up. Up to you for five or ten years. It may not catch up to you for ten or twenty years. You say, well, I don't need to worry about it then. You can correct it now. I like, I, I, one preacher said it this way. He said there's two different uh, types of, of uh, uh, pain in this life. There's the pain of discipline and there's the pain of regret. The pain of discipline weighs ounces. The pain of regret weighs tons. If you discipline yourself a little bit every day to delight yourself in the law of the Lord, you meditate on it. You meditate on it. It's just a little discipline. It's easy. It's not. If you miss it for a day, you're not going to feel it. But you miss it for a week, you might. You miss it for a month. You'll definitely see the impact. You'll find that you'll have more stinking thinking than you used to. You'll find that it's easier to lose your temper. 
you'll find that it's easier. You know, certain things that, that characterize your old nature will start to come back into your thinking, into your nature. Certain, uh, certain places that you wouldn't go, let your eyes go before now your eyes will go there easier. Certain words will slip out of your mouth that never used to slip out of your mouth. What happened? Where are you getting your counsel? Where are you getting your counsel? Lastly here, we will find ourselves saturated, situated for significance year after year. Here's what I want you to see from this. Fruitfulness is fun. The season I'm in now, my life has exceeded my dreams. My life has exceeded my dreams. And you know what? I got, Lord willing, a lot of life left. What's next, Jesus? This is a great adventure. This thing that God has put us in is, is so amazing. Why? Because he wants, to, he wants your life to prosper. He wants to bless you. He wants you uh, to walk in his ways so that he can continue to pour out whatever it is that he can pour out on your life. And he wants to guide you on a daily basis. He wants to whisper to you, this is, make this choice, not this one. Make this choice, not this. He is ready and willing to speak wisdom into your life, right? And, uh, and peace yields prosperity. You know, isn't this a picture? Here's this tree that's planted by streams of water. It's just peaceful. That tree is not straining to bear fruit. It just does it automatically. You know, And as we delight ourselves on the Word of God, as we allow ourselves to be saturated, meditation, this is, a, this is a habit. Meditate. Put that Word in your mouth and just speak it over and over and over. Just meditate on the law of the Lord. A little way to help you with this, and I'm going to close with this thought. You know, um, in, uh, the, the Jews had a daily practice of reciting the Scriptures. And uh, they had a psalm for every day, and it's listed in the bottom of your notes. But on Sunday, Psalm 24, uh, Monday, Psalm 48, and, and they're all listed there for you. I would encourage you over this next, I think we're doing like six or seven weeks uh, of the summer in the Psalms. Would you just take uh, those that psalm, and would you just read it every day, the one for the week? Are you tracking with me? This is, this is you know, your Pastor Ken meditation starter plan. And... Um, just take that psalm and meditate on it through the day. You know, pull it out. You know, Brother Harry Holland used to have a scripture card in his pocket all the time, a little index card. And, uh, and he would just write that thing down. And then throughout the day, he'd pull it out and read it. And then he'd put it back. And he'd pull it out and read it. And he'd put it back. And I would encourage you, do that at least, you know, whenever, whenever you have a meal, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever. Just pull that scripture out and read it over. And, and make one for each of the days of the week and put that psalm on there. And, uh, and see how... Well, see what the Lord begins to show you uh, about, uh, about himself, about what he has for you. I just encourage you to do that. Uh, make this uh, something, this, is, this can be something that we do together, right? So as we start uh, today, you can start with Psalm 24. Oh, I love that psalm. There are a lot of them that I, I, I might not say that about, but that one I, I, I love. And, uh, but I would encourage you, um, write it down, and then uh, it gets on the inside of you. And then just make a, a plan to meditate. A lot of times we have to read something a few times for our reader to get bored and our meditator to kick in. Because your mind processes at a certain frequency, and after a while, after you've said it, you, after you've read it, read it, read it, read it, read it, then all of a sudden it begins to move into the process of meditation, right? So meditation is to the soul what digestion is 
to the body. So you, you and I meditate, 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 and, and that word begins to break apart in, into our soul. We begin to see things we didn't see before. So it, you're going to say, well, how can I just read the same seven verses or seven uh, chapters over and over for six weeks? You, you watch because that's the process of meditation, right? Father, I just bless you today. I thank you for your word. Lord, your word says the entrance of thy word brings light. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would saturate our beings with light and that we wouldn't walk according to the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, Lord. But we would delight ourselves in you because you have so many good things in store for us. And we want to bear your name at every season, Lord. We want to bear the fruit that you put in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Hey, if you're a guest with us, please stop by Inside Lighthouse. We just want to practice some hospitality and put a gift in your hand. Uh, thank you so much for being here today. And uh, don't forget, if you have a little time this week, we'd love to have uh, your hands around here helping us with Mega Sports Camp. Love you, church. See you soon.